Hello and welcome. My name is Andrea Carpenter. I'm the director of Women Talk Real Estate and I'm delighted to be hosting this new podcast series from the Urban Land Institute. ULI brings together real estate and land use experts from around the world with a mission to shape the future of the built environment and to make transformative impact in communities. And this podcast will focus on that future and that transformative impact. ULI's European Young Leaders Group recently selected 10 outstanding contributors to the industry, hailing them as the new real estate vanguard. These are people in the early years of their career who have already demonstrated entrepreneurial flair or shaken up the corporate world. Today I'm delighted to welcome Inez Miro-Sanz. Inez is the co-founder of Casa Bonet, a boutique hotel in Barcelona that is a collaboration between creatives such as designers, artists and architects to create a hotel that is also a social hub. Through her work, Inez continues to push the boundaries of the hotel sector, a challenge that has not been made any easier with the pandemic. Ines, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Why don't you tell us a bit about Casa Bonet? Apparently you've been thinking about this idea since you were about 12, I understand. Uh, yeah, specifically not 12, but very, very, very young. Something uh, I always love to travel and I always love like the feeling you have when you get to a hotel. That feeling of being some sort of like, don't take me wrong, like special. Like uh, everyone is there uh, to help you out. Everyone is there to welcoming you. And uh, I thought might someday to try to make people feel that way, no? Um, and to make this story a little bit short, when I started uh, my career here in Barcelona and started to work uh, for hotels, I didn't find any hotel that was really connected to the city, sort of in Spain. We've been living through tourism for many years. We basically, like I think, we sort of open the doors and we fill in uh, the hotels with tourists. Uh, so I didn't have any place where me and my friends could like hang out. Uh, and basically it all started from there. Um, very inspired in all these like maybe hostels that I did travel around in Europe, like in London, Amsterdam or where at some point, like the communal spaces had a social component and I'm talking around the 2005 or uh, early 2000s. And uh, basically the whole idea came from there. Uh, it's all started like 10 years ago and the first project was based on a hostel. And then we grew up the, 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 the model up to the hotel with many like F&B spaces. We have three restaurants, one coffee bar, and now we have like a very small uh, nightclub side okay. by side of the hotel. Yeah, so I was going to say, what, what specifically makes your hotel different then in terms of bringing in those creatives and, and what type of amenities do you have as well? I think that uh, bringing in the creatives, it was like more than bringing, it was, we brought like all our friends here to collaborate in the hotel. So some sort that made the, the place with a very defined character and personality. It's not just me, it's, there was uh, around 12 people that collaborated from uniforms to designing the front desk to making the side tables of the minibar, uh, the blankets, a long list of elements that it was thrown by like very different personalities, but that at the same time, we share the same spirit and values. So I think like, first of all, it, it, it built up a very spe specific and character and that brought like a, an, an authenticity. 
And in in the second term, I think that uh, what makes the Jura like uh, answering your question is uh, how we connect with the people in the city, no? And basically, I think we connect because uh, it has a very open approach uh, to the city. Uh, first of all, we didn't like really focus into the tourists. The first thing we really focused into it when we built up the hotel and we opened our doors, it was like, okay, first of all, we really want to build up a place that uh, connects with the neighborhood and therefore more uh, with our friends and the friends of our friends. So for that, I think we brought like all these people in that made the hotel very characteristic and specific from the city. And at second, we opened our doors to the city with like a lot of content, uh, without any like ticketing or any pricing up to it. It was something open for the city. So we brought cinema nights to uh, little concerts to very small like food pop-ups. And that I think that somehow it really well connected to the citizens of Barcelona. So in a sense, you made your primary customer your local community to begin with. Uh, we, we thought, okay, there's around like, 15 million people coming into Barcelona every year. We know there's these people around, but for us, it's more important that we have from the 3 million people we have in Barcelona, we get some, no? Because if uh, at the end, the tourists are gonna arrive here for sure. So it will be more interesting for them to be in a place that they really feel that they are in the city rather than being in a place where it's empty in terms of soul from the culture of the of the city of Barcelona. Yeah, it makes absolute sense if you can bring that kind of critical mass that's something more enjoyable when, when the people come to stay and they remember that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we've been through a very tough period. Uh, hospitality in particular through the pandemic has obviously just, you know, the business has been sort of uh, just halted for almost 15 months. How have you coped with that, um, you know, within your business? Well, it's been very tough. Uh, for everyone. In our case, I think the two most important things we've learned uh, is that uh, in our case, I think we did our homework right. And I mean right uh, is because one, uh, our team, uh, it was very, very committed. Uh, so basically when we all started uh, COVID and people were aware of the uh, constraints that we had um, in the situation, uh, all the team was into uh try to help work even if if there was no business uh but uh, kind of like they work crazy hours in in terms to like make it happen somehow no yeah. with the restaurants with the bars working more hours than the hours that they were supposed to work uh and uh, so first of all the commitment of the team uh, which is a we, we call them a family and the second thing uh, is that as said before uh, as we were very focused since the very beginning, we've been opening open like for five years and 80% of the clients we have downstairs, downstairs, I mean like our restaurants and bars, it's from the city. So thanks to that, uh, we survived in a city where there were no tourists at all. <laughs> we opened our doors 1st of, of September last year and uh, with the capacities that the government was limiting, we were almost fully booked uh, since then in the restaurants. No? And this is thanks to our community and thanks to the people that live in our city. What have you learned from this period about kind of running a business like that? 
we've learned, uh, well, I said the two things. Uh, the most important thing is uh, how we focus our business since the very beginning. We knew it was the only way that we uh, wanted to do things. And finally, we are kind of getting back all this effort because at the beginning was very difficult. No? In, in the hotel, we basically one example is that for prices, let's say prices no, of like a beer or a drink or something. We totally like uh, went into the same price, prices as the bar next door, you know. Normally here, hotels, they high up prices. Yep, hotel prices, yep. <laughs> hotel prices. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning, it was like a little bit tough with the board, trying to convince them, okay, this is the way to go. No? And finally, we are seeing in a, in a, in a situation, huge situation like COVID, uh, we've lived thanks to that we built up a very local community. No? But uh, going more into the business side, uh, basically we learned to do uh, more things with, with less resources. And not just that, but uh, uh, that sometimes great ideas come through through situations like that. And one example is uh, our restaurant. It was meant to open on March 13th, 2020 with a new menu and a new concept and very focused on a vegetarian restaurant. But uh, in September, when we opened the restaurant, we just were allowed to open from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. So we basically said like, who in Barcelona is going to come <laughs> That's at true. 6 p.m. to have dinner? <laughs> it's yeah. impossible. So we basically came up with the idea, okay, like the only thing we want to do is just like have a glass of wine and just snack some sides, but nothing too serious, nothing. So we basically turned the whole concept of the restaurant in one week in our bodega, our winery. So basically what we did was we did a big menu of 200 references of wine and we started as like a winery where you, you can snack and, and it's doing super well now. And it came through COVID, that decision, no? So, yes, well... It's, yeah, it's interesting but, how those constraints kind of force you to adapt in those ways sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes positive things happen through through these situations. And that was a, a, uh, an example. Yeah, and does it make you reflect on um, how the hospitality period needs to change going forward after the pandemic? I totally think that speaking about Spain and uh, in the sector and hotels, I think it made think a lot of people about how they should approach their products. I think that it's not valid anymore uh, to do hotels just for hotels. Uh, I mean, I'm trying, let's try to explain this much better, but it doesn't work anymore just like a building with a hundred rooms and you open the doors and you fill in with a tourist and, and that's it, no? You need to go one step forward, I think. Uh, and I think there's been a, a, a conscious about the importance of the product, no? And the offer that we are doing. If you don't have something that you differentiate from an, from the others. Uh, it's very clear that you will suffer. Now in Barcelona, there's 500 hotels, uh, just 130 are open. And some of the ones that they are open is crews because they are independent hotels that mm -hmm. they have a character. And, and we are seeing large groups of hotels like having a very, very bad time. No? Yeah, so it's kind of localization, specialization, 
independence right. all those things that can bring a just a much uh, more customized approach really right yeah and before you did Casa Bonnet you you um spent time in the traditional hotel market as part of your career was that a necessary experience do you think to do things differently yeah totally um I experienced both sides, one side very like uh, independent, customized and, and with an amazing approach and the other side more industrialized. It was like very, very helpful in my case to learn the things that I will might not do. So in that sense, it was very, very interesting to, to, to be in both sides yeah. of the coin. And what sort of things were you rejecting? What sort of things were you seeing? Were you thinking, okay, I, I don't think I'm going to do that? For example, the the community in the teams, like lar large groups, uh, sometimes it's difficult uh, to gather this community of like uh, team. No, mm -hmm. you came, you went there, you did your job, and you leave. But uh, there's no conversation about should we do things differently? Should we approach this, or we can improve from here? It's more about like occupancy and ADR rather than what is our customer waiting for or yeah. what can we do uh, to go beyond expectations. No? It's more about like volume uh, that at the end it's a combination in between more occupancy at the best ADR with less operational cost. No? And sometimes here um, we have more operational cost than a traditional hotel maybe, but uh, we are hearing like occupancies and ADRs that for the investment done, it's uh, very successful. Uh, so sometimes uh, we always say uh, being cheap is expensive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and false we are economy, not, we call it, yes. False economy. So yeah. we are not so rich to do cheap things. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm answering well this question, but... Uh, no, it makes sense to me. It sounds like um, you didn't like the fact that people didn't challenge the model. They just went, came in, carried on doing the same thing. It wasn't about striving for improvement to a certain extent. And then it's very shocking because uh, it's what we do is hospitality, you know, which is like something very sensitive and something very far away from just two numbers. No, mm. uh, it's we deal with we work with people with uh, feelings, with expectations, with weekend of a couple that they take after being working like six months straight and it's just like these two days that they are expecting to enjoy there is much more behind uh, an occupancy and an adr it's uh it's uh, a moment that people will remember and that's what we try to do here is that once they step casa when i they at some point, they will always remember the, their trip to Barcelona, not just to Barcelona, but that they've been to Casa Bona, you know? yeah. And And you um, co-founded this with um, another person. And I just wonder what it was like, your experiences of raising money and being kind of a, a younger female entrepreneur in this industry. Um, was that a challenge? Yeah, it was uh, very, very difficult. Uh, and uh, Luis, uh, my partner here, uh, without him, I always said without the guy with the white hair, it would be not possible. Uh, he's been in the industry for 40 years. So I think that uh, without him, 
the first step first to get the, the rent, the lease of the building, wouldn't be possible. Uh, and of course, uh, the credit with the bank and, and the rest of the money. Uh, my family needed to help. So uh, the, the, the first project uh, without him, uh, it would not be possible. Uh, we went over like, I think, seven different family offices slash fund investments to try to raise up the money first without him. And it didn't work out. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work out at all. And uh, now it's interesting because after five years with the business consolidated now, actually we are just signed for a new project uh, outside of Barcelona in the coast, one hour north. Uh, but uh, of course, uh, at the beginning without any anything to show or anything to demonstrate, uh, mm. That's I a shame, think. though, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, hotels need that diversity of leadership. They need younger voices within it. So it's a shame if the hospitality industry is being run by, you know, only those traditional sides, or those traditional voices. I think we'll get there. It's, uh, I understand it was difficult. That was like eight years ago, uh, Miguel, with a lot of passion, but with 20 eight years old, uh, it's a lot of money and you need like kind of a big trust uh, to go into that. So I don't blame that. I think it's, I understand if I was in the other side. Hmm. Uh, but I think like it's happening now. You see many young people like doing great things around the world. The industry is shaping uh, People, they are more well-educated. They've seen many other places now, now with social media even more. They, I think people in terms of hotels, they see design as normal now, no? Yeah. Whereas before uh, design was something like, wow, like look at this amazing place. And now they are not just looking for design, but they are looking, oh, but that's a place where... Uh, they gather the community of people that I will want to see, or uh, let's see what other things they do apart from having a nice coffee shop and a DJ playing on Thursday. They've seen many other things and they are pushing uh, the industry. You know? So I think that's good because investors, um, stakeholders, they, they, they know that the next generation of travelers, which is uh 35 up this generation that it's growing is asking for something else more than just a beautiful building with a good design they're asking for something real for something we solve something authentic and something that somehow identifies them with the place yeah and do you think the traditional hotel sector is starting to play catch up on that particularly with more social aspects within hotels we, we see that right in in Hilton developing sustainable brands and these big guys like uh, trying to come up with new uh, hotel brands uh, below their umbrellas. Uh, I think we are seeing this uh, shape in the industry and COVID just fasten everything. Uh, independent, small, uh, hotels are becoming something more interesting than large groups of hotels. And I think it's where like people can play an important role there. 
Uh, so I think that maybe it's more normal now uh, and, and, and than 10 years ago, when I think the industry has changed a lot in the last actually like maybe seven to 10 years, it's made a whole uh, change. Yeah. And, and what innovation do you anticipate will come next for hotels then? Uh, I think that, uh, I said, uh, just having a beautiful design will not be an advantage anymore. Uh, they uh, will need to find something more powerful than that to being different than others. Uh, technology, of course, maybe it's an easy answer, but uh, we were reluctant to technology. It was curious, but through COVID, uh, at the beginning, I remember like our GM bringing these QRs to the table and I was like, wow, that's horrible. Mm. We're going to lose all these beautiful menus we were doing. But then uh, you take the insight of, okay, we are a sustainable brand. We're going to save paper. We're going to save, we're going to be more efficient. And, and we bring our heads towards like technology, actually in the next uh, project we are starting to develop. Uh, it's going to be very techy in one way. Um, so that's uh, uh, sort of tech to smooth the customer's journey, as it were. I think, yes, it's very old fashioned, the customer journey in the hotel, if you mm. think about uh, you still, of course, people like, I don't see our places, actually our concept being without people and people just checking in in a machine and just heading up to the room. But just to make the, 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 the experience more efficient, for example, like room service, when you're starving at your room and you need to look for the directory, to look for the room number of the reception and then head the, the phone, call them. Now we are setting up an application, which basically you do that uh, in two steps in your mobile phone. No? So, I think as far as you use that to make life easier inside, that's that's amazing, no? Yeah. Uh, and, and you said you have this um, new um, project on the coast. I wonder, if, is that part, do you anticipate Casa Banai becoming a chain? No, we like more to speak about group. The coast was something that we always had in mind. We always thought about uh, not just uh, the Barcelona project, but the Barcelona project it was larger than just the city. We always thought about the project of being like one place in the city, one place in the coast. And that becomes the life we have in Barcelona. Part of the week we are here, but the other part we are up there. We are kind of like very spoiled because 45 minutes from here, you have beautiful coast. Mm. This is the, 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 the ritual of many people here in Barcelona, no? So in somehow we wanted to show through Casa Bonai, not just this property, but the second one altogether, how people from Barcelona live. Uh, so I think is we don't see it as the second project, we say it's a second project, but we see it as the competition, competition of this initial project, no? Yeah, because uh, I feel like, you know, pandemic aside and when things open up, there's probably quite a lot of funding out there for good hotel concepts now. So I wondered if you would be uh, lured in by, you know, real estate operate, real estate companies wanting you to be an operating partner and to take the chain to other cities. 
we've been approached to do that. Uh, actually, pre-COVID, we were doing a contest in Madrid that we arrived to the final. But uh, at the same time, since four years ago, we've been looking to do something up, up there. Uh, up there, meaning by the, the this place we we partner now with our new partner, which is one hour from here. And uh, we see ourselves more of going like backwards to where everyone is going. Uh, so if everyone is going to cities, we, we would go into the to the seaside. No? Uh, and then if and you grow, you'll grow more organically than rather a big push for an expansion. For, no. Yeah, we don't see ourselves with 20 hotels and 30. Not that way. It's not should be another approach, not this one. And, and what about for you in terms of how you look forward to your career in the future? I mean, that you've been very entrepreneurial. This has been an exciting project. But do you think you'll stick with this? Or do you think you in a few years time, you could see yourself looking to do something new again in hospitality? I see uh, myself doing a lot of things in hospitality have many ideas that I would love to to do at some point and then ideas that I don't even know because it depends on on the experiences I have and the things I live no uh, but what I what we have in mind uh, is of course like uh, to do actually with this uh, second project up to the coast something new something different it will not be branded under Casa Bonai. It will be something new uh, from scratch. It will belong all to Casa Bonai, but uh, we take every project as a first draft uh, of white paper, no? Mm. Uh, so that's how uh, we don't have a very clear agenda of like, okay, in 2025, we're going to do two other hotels in Madrid and Lisbon. And in 2017, no, we basically take the things we love and we put our heart into it uh, up to the most. No? Okay. And, and what advice would you have for others looking to kind of come behind you and work in the hospitality industry? What would you, what would you say to them? Which is the best uh, job in the world to make people happy. Uh, it's like a feeling that I guess as a doctor heals, like a hospitality person, like uh, feels great when we see people having a good time. Uh, I don't know if that's a good answer, but... Uh, no, I think that's that's selling it if it's the best job in the world, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. yeah. and but, but, you, but you need to love it. Don't try to do uh, something that... Do whatever you feel, no? there's They always ask, as if there's some strategy here and i promise there's none like <laughs> we just do whatever we feel to do of course it's a business uh, and i don't want to to to, to be uh, to to think that <laughs> there's uh not a like uh, well-run operations but uh we we are very organic in the things we do and in the in how we grow and that's and that's the easiest way because if you do the things that you like, uh, you already have the path. You don't need any strategy. You just do whatever you feel. And if you trust that, I think you end up building up something very personal. And it might be not for everyone, but it might be for for a group of people. 
And as a final question, I wonder if you could recommend a business book or a podcast or something that's inspired you professionally. Well, I uh, love the book of um, Setting Up the Table from Danny Meyer, the owner of Shake Shack. What was good about that for you? Did that talk about customer service and hospitality? Uh, he talked a lot about like customer service, the importance of the relationship in between um, your, you and your client. Uh, I remember the first story about his first restaurant in Union Square. He was basically like by hand grabbing all the information about the guest, phone number, addresses, birth dates, preferences. Now we can do all of that by computers. CRM systems, but he was doing that by hand and the importance of getting to know the people you have in your house and what they like and what they do. That's when you make the whole difference. No, it's not just that they get in here. We have a very interesting system of getting to know the preferences of our customers. So basically like if you came here for the second time, we know that maybe you like a Negroni. So you show up in the room and maybe you will find a Negroni in your room waiting for you. Uh, so it's these kind of things, you know, like all service style where you hit the bar and was like, hey, uh, so do you want uh, the drink that you always have? No, this thing of like, yeah. okay, I'm in a safe place because they, they, they know me and they know what I like and I feel at home without being at home, no, in a very, in another place. Because when you travel, you don't want to feel at home. You, want to feel like, but in a place that you grow your mindset. And it's, it's really very interesting and it's very well explained, uh, not just that, but also how he uh, creates businesses. Uh, it's, it's very interesting. Okay, well, that sounds like a great recommendation. I'm definitely gonna put that on my book list. But um, Ines, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really fantastic that you've um, spent time with us and I appreciate that, so thank you. Thank you so much. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. To find out more about the other episodes of this series, go to the Young Leaders page on the ULI Europe website.